Good morning, church. We're reading from Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in the accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, that is, God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that do not exist. In hope against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which is spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew stronger in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God has promised, he was also he was able also to perform. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Praise the Lord. We are expecting this morning. What is God? Got the victory this morning? Yes. If you haven't, you might as well say it. I have. Hallelujah. Praise God. We've been doing a series on uh, on uh, the righteous shall live by faith. Has everyone got that little uh, booklet? Now, I think you need to get one for Peter and one for Christy. That's a new one. I think you need one each. And. Uh, Sometimes I wonder about their faith. <laughs> I don't think Peter's uh, ever ever been at a service of mine that I haven't blessed him with a dig. Hallelujah. I would highly recommend uh, the CDs. They are top-notch praise and worship CDs. So, and um, I would really recommend you grabbing one of those on the way out. So we've been doing a series: "The Righteous Shall Live by Faith." In uh, 1997, uh, Linda and I moved our humble little family to, uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to Bible college. And I had uh, everything worked out on how we were going to finance this, this, this trip. And uh, we, we took a little bit of money. And um, when I got there, and so there's Linda and myself, and there was uh, Lauren, our eldest, and uh, Luke, our middle one. We lived, we, we moved in with my daughter, my daughter. We moved in with my sister, Carolyn, and her husband in their one bedroom flat. Now, Carolyn's, Carolyn and Timothy are, are currently, and, and their daughter, Adelaide, are currently Abigail. Thank you. <laughs> Adelaide is my grandchild. Um, uh, are currently missionaries in the Middle East. and uh, But we moved into this one bedroom flat and um, over the, the sequence of weeks, I soon realized that uh, housing was going to be a lot more expensive than what I thought it would be. And uh, what I could earn as a teacher, because I was a teacher and I, was, I had been picking up a bit of relief in Australia, was a lot, 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 like one-fifth, one-eighth what I'd be earning. And do you know in my mind, you know when you, when you sort of uh, uh, do your maths and uh, all of a sudden the... Uh, realization comes that the maths is just not adding up. And Linda has this unique knack of ignoring mathematics with regards to God's provision. 
you know, uh, she must think that God's greater than all of that, or she's got some sort of, you know, a thought pattern where she doesn't really care what the mass says because God's going to provide for her. However, I knew better. All right, because and I, I'd done the mass and I realised we've got about three months worth of money, and this dread uh, started to overtake me. And, and I thought, what, what have I done? I brought my I had a good job in Australia. I brought my family over here. We're living in a one-bedroom flat. I, it, it just started. You know, have you ever had that feeling where this dread overtakes you? I see a few nods. The rest of you are the real super spiritual sort. But it's like, and uh, it was a crisis of faith. I really had to, I, I can remember quite a few days, like this was a one bedroom flat, you can understand Luke was sleeping in the closet, there's a walk-in room, that's where Luke's cot was, and, and Linda and I and uh, Lauren shared a room, and Carol and Tim were sleeping on the couch, and there was no way we had any natural, in the natural or financial resources to make it through one year, let alone two years. And I decided I had to get on my face before God and I can remember day in, day out, lying on the bed with a Bible open in front of me, just going over scripture, going over it, getting it embedded in my heart before I came to a point where I would pray and make a, a stand. Well, Abraham, I suppose I could have chosen a cheeriest story. It all worked out, God, by the way. It all worked out then. God provided, praise God. He did in a big way. Uh, Abraham was going through a similar crisis of faith. He had this promise from God that he would have a, a son. Him and Sarah would have a son. They left their hometown, which was called... Uh, hometown was called... Uh, One day you're all going to get that joke and laugh. <laughs> Nevertheless, his hometown was called Ur. He left it went traveling around, went through Egypt, and, and they came to this crisis of faith where God appeared to them in person and said, 12 months from now, you will have a son. Not an Ishmael, but your own son. And so uh, Romans teaches us that we are of the faith of, of Abraham, that we are to get faith and use faith like Abraham got it and used it. So we're going to look at these scriptures today and we're going to talk about growing in faith. We have covered that the righteous shall live by their faith. We have covered what faith is. Faith is a conviction. Faith is an assurance. It's a persuasion. And so if we have the conviction on God's word and assurance of its truth and we're pers persuaded of its truth, we have faith. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not the hand of man reaching up the heaven, bringing down the power. It's not that. It's not a goo. It's nothing other than what you believe. And if you go to the wrong closet looking for faith and you go to the feelings closet, you're going to get ripped off. If you go to the closet of what my pastor says, you're going to get ripped off. If you go to the, the closet of what my, my, my denomination says, that's not faith. Faith is what you have accepted as being true. And you're fully persuaded of it. That's faith. And that's where you look for it. Right? And then we talked about why faith is important. And we, last week, we, faith sets the boundaries of our experiences with God. It won't prevent negative things necessarily coming against us, but it will be a shield 
lift up the shield of faith, it would be a shield to stop, to stop their effect on us. But it also limits how God can move in our lives. That was not my idea. That was God's idea. All right? And we know from the Gospels that Jesus was limited where he could go because of, of what they were prepared to, whether they had faith and whether they were prepared to act on it. So then the crises of life come to all of us. And, and this crisis of life came to Abraham. And so I do have slides, but I think I've lost them already. Throw them up there, they might spark something. And Abraham had to work out what he was going to do. Abraham grew strong in faith. I think if Abraham had his own website uh, today, he would be advertising this PDF that says 90 days to strong faith. Because he had 90 days. Because the, God said to him, 12 months from now, you will have a child. Well, 12 months, you got a nine-month pregnancy. So between where he was a year out, all right, I'm going to go from left to right. There's 30 days. There's 60 days. There's 90 days in which the Bible says Abraham and Sarah grew strong in faith. It should occur to us if they had not grown strong in faith, God's promise and God's will for them would not have happened. Now God, in his foreknowledge, he knows, he sees, okay? But he doesn't dictate to you. But he knew Abraham would grow strong in faith. It tells me this. It tells me Abraham had a degree of faith. Let's read through that scripture there. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body as good as dead, and the, the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith. So if you can imagine, Abraham had a degree of faith. He'd come out of Ur, he'd, he'd received lots of provisions, he believed God to prosper him in the land that was barren. But here he was, faced with a faith challenge, and he could either grow weak in faith, and miss out on the promises of God, or he could grow strong in faith and receive the promises of God. Who knows that growing strong in faith is a better option than growing weak in faith? I would think so. The good news here is if Abraham and Sarah can grow strong in faith, and I'm talking about strong in faith because he, you know, he was 100 years old, her body was dead, that's going to take some believing. <laughs> Not just believing, once you've got the believing, it's going to take some action, but we won't go into that right here. All right? He's going to grow strong in faith. But because he's our father of faith, well, that means that he's our model. Then what applies to Abraham applies to us. And that's good news. And that's what I had to realize lying there on that bed in Tulsa in 1997. I'm going to either grow strong in faith or I'm going to phone my brother who's a doctor and say, send us the air tickets, I'm going home. And so Abraham had the option of going weak in faith. Now, weak faith, it believes something. But when opposition comes against it, it crumbles. 
Uh, it, it's not strong enough to resist. It's not deeply embedded. We're going to talk uh, more a little later about just looking at that clock. I need to wind that back 10 minutes. Going to get a bit late about going from faith to faithfulness. Right? But strong faith, strong faith, when opposition comes against it, it says, no, I, I believe what God has said. I believe in his faithfulness. And we, you and me, Abraham is not better than us. We have more than Abraham had. Uh, he had a covenant with God. We've got a, a, he had a blood covenant with God. We have got a blood covenant with God. Do you know what our blood covenant of God is sealed with? It's sealed with the blood of Jesus. That's a strong covenant. Right? But we've got the promises. We've got the how to do it. All right? We've got the this is how it's done, guys, laid out right in front of us. And to make it even simpler, Pastor Griffin has written out this. All right? That's real simple. And then he's, he's done a guideline for your sermon so you can meditate on it. Good on you. And then you can go to Bible study during the week and you can we can talk about it. We've got it easy. We can get strong in faith quicker and better. Maybe we should get the 90 days of growing strong in faith. We'll cut it down to 45. Yeah. I think 90 days of growing that strong is good. So if he did it, we can do it. All right? So we're going to look at, at Abraham's 90 days that 90-day guide to growing strong in faith. Because if Abraham can grow strong in faith, I can grow strong in faith. Do you believe it? Yeah. That means there's going to be things that come against you this week, next week, this year, next year, in which you're going to have to say, I'm going to need to grow a little bit stronger in my faith. But the good news is, God gives you the faith when you just act on how to grow stronger in faith. Faith's a gift of grace, but anyway, let's talk. <laughs> okay, the first thing is, without becoming weak, he contemplated, uh, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead. Okay, yeah, um, it's all right to look at the situation. Now, I know in some circles, at some circles, it, you know, just don't, don't, don't talk about this, don't talk about it, go, no, 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 it's not happening. You know, I'm not unemployed. The bank doesn't say, you know, like, or, you know, the symptoms aren't there. The symptoms are there, guys, whether you like it or not. The bank account is what the bank account is. Maths don't lie. Isn't that right, Christy? Maths don't lie. She's a bookkeeper. Right? Matt, oh, is that right? Turn front, yeah. Maths don't lie. And, and it's all right to look at that and go, okay, because in the end, you will grow strong on faith by judging God against that and I'll back God every time in the end faith comes by saying how could God handle that and all of a sudden that starts to look a little bit weaker and the more we think about it but but don't get into denial we're not into lying and and you don't go around confessing oh woe is me the end is near I'm done. No, you can confess you got the victory, knowing that there's a battle to be won. Amen? Amen. All right? So, but, and the dentist, yet with respect to the promise of God, the first thing which we already have, I don't want to get into it more, he already had a degree of faith. He had heard what the promise of God was. He accepted it as being true. All right? But it's not so much 
what faith you have, although what faith you have is exceedingly important, it's what you do with that faith. That Jesus said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, don't you don't have to wait till it grows into a mustard tree. If you have a faith of a mustard seed, you will do something with that. So he had that little bit, he had that promise. He'd already accepted it as being true. That's the first thing. I think that might be a first slide there, have I? I did this at like three o'clock this morning. And uh, I didn't want to let Tiff down. She's doing so much work. Aren't our team wonderful? Look, aren't they wonderful? Aren't we blessed? All right, I think I've got another slide here. Anyway, okay, if I haven't won. Okay, what God had promised. He, he, he had found out uh, God's will. We have no um, right to believe God for anything that is not his will. All right, that's just rude. That's arrogant. That's making us God. So we find out his will. We find the promises of God. So he said, we have respect and we need to show the promises of God some respect. Okay, that's a mistranslation, but I just thought it fitted in there somehow. You know. And so he considered, so he, he thought about the promises of God and he thought about himself and Sarah and, he's, and he said, now, but God has promised this. What's it going to take Abraham to go from this level of faith to that level of faith? It's going to take a couple of things. And these are foundations for each of us if we want to grow strong in faith. I want to talk more about what we do with it. That's actually most of the sermon. So I'm just going to rush through this. The first thing that Abraham did, and we all need to consider, is, is God able? So in Romans it said, Abraham, for he considered or he judged God able. And we need to, when we see what's coming against us, we need to ask ourselves, is God able to deal with this? I know that I'm not able, but is God able? Because the question isn't what I'm going to be able to do in, in my ability. The question is, what can God do on my behalf? And Abraham sort of figured, oh, glory, my God's able. He, the Bible says he grew strong in faith because he considered God able. He actually made a judgment that God is able. Now we're called to have faith of the heart. Now I want to talk about that in a minute. And there's a difference between presumption or assumption or just acknowledging that God is able because I think everyone who believes in God believes he's able. Okay? <clears throat> but it's the first step. Is God able? Okay, what we do with that truth, we're going to talk more about it later. The second thing that needs to be considered and this, the Bible talks about Sarah had a different journey to faith than Abraham had. Have you ever noticed that? Abraham considered God able. Hebrews 11.11 11 said that Sarah grew strong in faith for she considered God faithful. Now, isn't that such a gender thing? I mean, it's such a gender thing. For the men, is he big enough? Is he tough enough? Does he have what it takes? You know, it's like, you know, your fires. If it's a guy going out, the fire goes, uh, you know, let's, let's just put more petrol on it. Let's put more fuel on it. You want to go faster? Get a V8. Get the high octane. But women, what was critical is, is this God faithful? If God's promised, but will he keep it? And that's a good question. 
I kind of think Abraham probably didn't have as much an issue with it because Abraham went through the whole covenant deal with God, where the thing was the animals were split in half, and and God said to him, "If I fail, I die." It was a covenant, a blood covenant, a covenant of death. And the old old timers, you know, thousands of years ago, that meant something to him. So Abraham knew he was going to be faithful because he had a covenant. That the kings, the neighboring kings, would make covenant with each other. You understand? There's a good book called The Blood Covenant, if you can get it. It describes So Abraham knew he was going to be faithful. But Sarah needed to know. Because, you know, Sarah, women, they're into relationships, aren't they? <laughs> Seriously, like that's the faith issues, relationships. How are we? But how are we? It doesn't matter that the world's falling down around us. It doesn't matter that we're on the Titanic and it's sinking. I'm going to stand at the end of the ship and go, what was his name? Jack. Jack! It's all, it's sinking! Forget your relationship. You're going to have it in a week's time. But no, it's all about relationships. Well, it's all right to judge your relationship with God. Is he faithful? Will he do what he's promised? I love that song. He's never failed me. He's not going to start failing me now. Right? And then the last thing that Abraham did is he gave glory to God. Now, I want to talk about this. Because Jesus warned a lot about faith that's become shipwrecked or faith that's become dead or faith that we have we, we, we know something to be true but when the crux comes it our faith doesn't work, it just crumbles. I have to feel for the seven sons of Sceva is it Sceva in Acts? You know, the seven sons of Sceva, they saw Paul casting out demons and they said, well, that sounds good. You know, they went around, they, they tried to cast out these demons in the name of Jesus whom Paul knows, you know, and the demons came out and bashed them. Well, that didn't work too well, did it? And, and if our faith doesn't get from here, we can acknowledge something to be true. But if we haven't done something with that throughout our life, and leading up to that time now, we've got 90 days to do something with it, then it it's not embedded deep in us. And that's not my idea, that's Jesus' idea, because in the, you know the parable of the sower? In the parable we sow, every one of them received the word with, they, they received it, oh, glory to be to God. You know, glory be to God. Isn't that wonderful? God, you know, that's true. But what did they do with that seed? What did they do with it? And so Abraham acknowledged the promise. Abraham judged God faithful. And then Abraham gave glory to God. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're Pentecostals. We think that means, oh, glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God. But it kind of means that, but it means a whole bunch more than that. Our first, first, day, first, day, our first day with Bible College, uh, Linda sat next to a 93-year-old lady, and she decided to give glory to God. And she got up and she just started running. She ran around the 93, and when I say run, I'm, when I say run, you know, I use that term loosely. <laughs> but she was giving glory to God, and that, that's part of it, but there's a whole much more than that. When you find and believe that something to be is true in God's Word, what do you do with that? Romans 10, verse 16, I think 16 and 17, and um, I don't know if I've got it up there, but I'll remember it. 
It's a favorite, uh, favorite verse amongst faith people because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing it's actually the word of Christ the better translations and that's talking about faith for salvation alright it says that if you heard and believe that God died for you he rose for your sin that's the word of Christ your sins are forgiven but what you do with that now what you do with that will determine whether you walk and live in that salvation. Because we can say faith comes by hearing, but you know, who knows there's a lot of people that have heard the gospel over and over and over and over again. And, and if faith just came by hearing, guys, we could, get, we could get a speaker on the back of our car and we could drive around the suburbs and just blast them with it. You know, we'll give them time to sleep, so we only do it 16 hours a day, and we'll have the gospel going over, and so they hear it, and they'll all get saved. Now, I know there's some traditional faith people that are sort of thinking, oh, okay, where are we going with this? It, you know what I find? When you read the Bible, it always pays to read the verses before and after. Have you found that? You think that's wisdom? You think that's wisdom? And, and so in this, how, how, whether that faith for salvation can save you depends on what you do with that belief. And it says in Romans, it says, they heard about God. They heard about the salvation. They didn't hearken their ears towards it. And part of being giving glory to God is actually hearkening your ear towards it. Like, is this important? Is it important that God says this? Should it, what effect should it have on my life? The word hearken, it comes from like you're in the house and someone's knocking on your door. And you know, sometimes you get knocks on the door and you just don't want to answer it. It's like you get those phone calls. If I don't, if I don't know your number, chances are that I'm not going to answer it. I know I've got a phone call, but I'm not hearkening to it. Right? And to hearken means that you run down and you open that door and you give it attention. And you address what's happening. And you say, that person's important. And, and people heard the gospel. They hear the gospel. They hear that Jesus loves them. They hear that Jesus died for their sins. They hear that Jesus rose from the dead for them. But what are you going to do with that if it's true? If it's not true, ignore it. But if it's true, what are you going to do with it? You see, Abraham gave glory to God. That means Abraham considered God and what God wants and what God wants to do with his life and how he's going to do it as more important than everything else. Sports fans, if this word is true, then it demands that we hearken to it. It's got to impact our life. Remember the story of um, the possessed son and, and the, the father took him to the uh, disciples and the disciples were just, you know, we're doing pretty good. We've got this whole faith and healing thing worked out here. You know, we could just, and they just, they went to cast it out and nothing happened. You know, and then Jesus 
cast it out. And Jesus said two very interesting things. He basically said it's because of unbelief. He said, if your faith was developed enough, then you'll be able to deal with this. And then he said, but something that gives as much opposition of this does not come out except by prayer. And some of the uh, other translations say fasting. Now, it's interesting because Jesus didn't pray in that situation. Have you noticed that? Not that we have a record of. Right? But what that word prayer means, it's more than just pray. It's actually this whole attitude of a life that's devoted to God. Okay, so that word they use when they would go to a place down by the river and they would spend time with God. And they'd pray and they'd worship and they'd read the Bible. And he said, guys, he said, you're going to come up with some opposition, some pretty strong and mean devils. And unless you have acted and hearkened on my word, and unless you've spent time building your faith, living it like it's true, you're not going to be able to cast out that devil. You're not going to be able to stare down that sickness. You're not going to be able to believe God for your family when the devil's come against him. Because what we do with it, and Abraham gave glory to God. So this, in that three months, he says, this is important. Sometimes I think Christians are like uh, investors in the stock market who don't know what they're doing. Okay? Because if you invest in stock market and you don't know what you're doing, what's the first piece of advice? Spread your risk. All right? And sometimes I think as Christians, we think, okay, well, you know, I, I believe what the Bible says. Yeah, I believe it to be true, but I'm also going to sort of have a bit of my life joy coming from this source. And I'm going to spend a bit of my energy on this. And I'm going to do this and that. And, and you know, and, and that, that is not happening to it. That's not giving glory to God for sports fans. It's not. Hearkening to the word of God, giving glory to God is when you say, if this is true, it demands my all. It demands my all. And I, you know, we're talking about revival. Uh, let's see in six months and 12 months time because revival is really consecration where we see God's word and we say, this demands my all. And there's nothing less than my own. And it's going to be funny we get to heaven and, you know, a lot of Christians will get in by the skin of our teeth, you know. And we've had all these things we've invested our life in. A little bit of rugby. And the rugby's going to be in heaven, so we're safe there. I mean, a little bit of AFL and, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, partying on Friday nights. And a little bit of this, that. And a little bit of I don't, I don't want to go to Bible study. I'm going to go to the movies instead. Yeah, a lot of these things, you know, we're going to get to heaven and all's going to be laid out in front of us. And we're going to go through and this is going to go... Go, poof, disappear, poof, disappear. Smoke, the Bible says you'll get in, but you'll be smelling of smoke. Because all the things that, that, we, that we hearken to, instead of hearkening to what God has for us, we go, poof, poof, poof. And that little bit where we actually served Him with joy and consecrated and obeyed Him, that's going to be remained. It's going to remain. Jesus described it like this. He says, there's a, there's a farmer working in the field and he, he finds a pearl. And that pearl is so valuable, he buries it again. This gospel 
This word is the pearl of great price. It is what we pay attention to. It's what, if, if we're to move from a head knowledge of faith to a heart knowledge of faith, understand this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because of the time. Faith, in the Old Testament, faith is mostly translated as faithfulness. Which means, what am I going to do if this is true? Am I going to be faithful to what God has said? Alright? And uh, even in Galatians 5, Galatians 5.20, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, faithfulness. And it's the same word as faith, but it's faith that's got down here. It's faith that says, if God's, going to, if God's word is true, I'm going to act on it. I'm going to give glory to God. You can't have strong faith by ignoring God's call on your life, by ignoring the word. And when crisis comes, I've got 90 days to get ready. Abraham gave glory to God. If we want strong faith that faces the world, right, we need to find out what God says, his promises. We need to say, is he faithful? The other thing I haven't got time to go in, what right do we have to ask? It's a big one. I won't go into that now. Abraham had covenant. He knew he had the right to ask. I won't go into that now. But then we have to, our lives have to give glory to him. That means we've actually got to say, I, you know, I, sometimes when I get frustrated, I talk to Linda, I said, you know, it's, it's as though we, we, we believe it and then we don't believe it. And so we say, God says this, but yeah, yeah, that's fine. yeah. I'm going, what do you do Tuesday night? What do you do Monday morning? Is it, is it on the presumption that God's word is true? Did Jesus die for our sins? Do you want to carry your sins into eternity? Do you? For Romans says you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess him as your Lord. It's not an easy salvation. It puts your flesh down. You've got to confess him as Lord. Right? But strong faith. I'm not mucking around now. There's going to be obstacles come in your life. There are going to be crises, you understand. And, and we're going to have to ask him. We're going to have to ask him. We're going to have to judge God against the opposition. And we have to say, is he strong enough to handle this? Is he faithful to his promise? And that's going to have to become our focus. It's going to have to become what we live our life for. God, God demands, requires that we give him glory. Not the latest fashions. Right? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, the Gentiles, Gentiles are looking after, they're looking out for approval. They're looking out for love. They're looking out for health. They're looking at provision. God's not against any of those things. He just says, seek first the kingdom of God. Abraham gave glory. Abraham went in 90 days. Abraham and Sarah went from being meh in their faith to being strong in faith. And we can grow strong in faith. We can go strong in faith. It's worth it. Amen? It's worth Yeah. I forget who said it. But no one loses anything surrendering what they could never keep 
to gain what they could never earn. And when we lay down our lives and we give our, make our lives to live for His glory and obedience to Him, we lose what we will never keep and will gain everything that we ever wanted and dreamt of. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you that, like Abraham and Sarah, we can grow strong in faith. Thank you, Father God, that you're faithful to us. Your word is true. Your love for us is eternal. You've forgiven us. You call us your children. And you just ask us to trust you, to trust in you with all of our heart, to lean not to our understanding, to acknowledge you in all our ways. That's giving glory to you. We surrender our lives to you, Lord. We surrender our lives. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.